Be not afraid of greatness. Some are born great, some achieve greatness, and others have greatness thrust upon them. Hello and welcome to Wrestling Newspaper FM. I am your host, Daniel, and today we have the joy, the pleasure of talking about WWE Money in the Bank 2019. And as ever, I am joined by Danny. Danny, how are you doing? I'm not too bad, mate. Thank you. Um, start of the week, the sun is shining on the beautiful northwest coast. Um, so I can't complain. Yeah, did you have a nice little sleep? Have you had a nice lion? I, I, I had a lovely lion. Got to bed probably about half four, five o'clock. Um, and yeah, I slept in, slept until about half twelve. Um, oh. So I, I, I can't complain. How are you? Oh yeah, I'm fine. I stayed up, Danny, until four a.m. Four a.m. watching this tremendous WWE extravaganza. Four a.m. About quarter past eight, my alarm's going. I'm thinking, oh, my God, why am I still doing this? 15 years later, 20 years later, why am I still staying up to watch this? Oh, I can't help myself. But, yeah, I got a coffee down me. I got on with it. Done a full, well, I don't know, (laughs) half a day's work. And here we are recording the podcast. So, Money in the Bank is done with last night. The headlines coming out of the show, probably the biggest point. Seth Rollins retains the Universal title in what was a pretty good, well, a very good match. Um, Some would say a great match. Um, Brock Lesnar returned, and he won the Money in the Bank ladder match, the Males Money in the Bank ladder match. As he said, he's back. He's back, bitches. Um, Other notes, Bailey. Bailey is the new SmackDown Women's Championship at the expense of everyone else in the match. Um, So, yeah, Danny, overall, how did you feel on the show? Well... I have had a look through Twitter this morning, and there's a lot of people who really, really like. I mean, what, what on my timeline seems to be an overwhelming majority um, have enjoyed the show uh, as an overall show. Um, obviously, not a lot of people not too happy about the uh, the Lesnar return. Um, but what what I think we find with this show is we don't have a lot of culture in here. So I want to throw this in, which is William Shakespeare, and he said, be not afraid of greatness. Some are born great, some achieve greatness, and others have greatness thrust upon them. In one word, how would you describe last night's show? Me? Yes. <laughs> I thought you were still reading from the Bible. Oh, someone's at me door. Do one. Um, me? Um, yeah, it was... Uh, um, it was fucking terrible. Uh, I shouldn't Danny. say. I shouldn't say terrible, um, Danny. It was what it was. It was five hours. Five hours. Yeah. Let's be honest. We had a really good Seth Rollins AJ Styles match, but by the time that match started, we was what maybe three, three and a half hours in. So sometimes when you sit through pure shit and you sit there questioning why you're doing this for three hours, and something good comes along, you either one hand love it. And enjoy it. Or on the other hand, you think, I still don't forgive you for this bullshit you've made me sit through. 
I myself was with the latter. I was still not impressed with the bullshit I had sat through. Um, people are going to say I was writing stuff on Twitter. People are like, oh, you're always complaining about WWE. Yes, I am. Because you're a New Japan mark. Yes, I am a New Japan mark. And why am I a New Japan mark? Well, because when they have three or four or five hour shows, I am usually treated to three or four very good to great matches. When I watch WWE, the number one wrestling, oh sorry, sports entertainment company, when I watch this, I am I am meant to believe I am very lucky if I get to see one great match. Fuck that, I expect excellence if I'm staying up till that time, so to see one very good match, not enough for me, didn't enjoy the show, I'm getting sick of WWE, if you're a WWE Mark's thinking, oh he's always complaining, yes I am always complaining, do one. Danny, the Usos versus Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan are the match on the pre-show. Right. How do you so feel as... about this match? <laughs> well, um, my my overall sense on the match is that there was there was a, a, a flying double oose finish, whatever they call it now, and um, because that is literally all I saw um, was the finish. Because I thought the pre-show started at twelve o'clock, so I switched the pre-show on. Uh, switch the WWE Network on at 5 to uh, 12 to tune into the pre-show early and I then get informed by yourself and a few of the boys in the WhatsApp chat that the pay-per-views have been starting at 12 for nearly a year now <laughs> and it shows how long it is since I've actually sat up and watched one. Um, we used to SummerSlam, uh, the Big Four, starting at uh, at 12 and a 10 o'clock pre-show. So I just thought, as it was a standard one, it'd have a one-hour pre-show, and it starts at one o'clock in the morning, British time. Obviously, that wasn't the case. So all I saw from that match was the finish, and I'm a bit disappointed because I think it may... Given the guys who were in the match, I think it would have been a good match. What, what are your more clear thoughts on the match? Right, so let me get into this. Right, I'm going to get this out of the way with, to start with, I've ranted about it on Twitter. I'm not going to rant about it again. The fact that Daniel Bryan, the best wrestler in WWE, is on the pre-show is a lot of shit. Do you know what I mean? I did not want Daniel Bryan back for all those years thinking, I wish they'd just get him back. I wish they'd clear him. For him to be in the pre-show as a heel, as a fucking heel. So, yeah, I wasn't happy about that. And do you know what, Dan? Do you know how this match starts, which you had the pleasure of missing? These <laughs> these lovely WWE fans from the beautiful WWE universe begin the match by chanting SpongeBob SquarePants at the greatest wrestler in the company. That is how this match started. And when this happened, I thought it's going to be a long night. And right, it was... okay, so you're going to have to enlighten me because I'm I was born in the early 80s so I've got no idea what the correlation is between that cartoon chap and Daniel Bryan you think I watched that shite I didn't watch Spongebob Squarepants it's for geeks I didn't watch that don't know but no I, idea why the Usos made a joke that it was Spongebob Squarepants and some other fucker who was in the uh that's the SpongeBob SquarePants show. So the crowd obviously just started chanting SpongeBob SquarePants at Daniel Bryan. And I'm just thinking. Uh, but yeah. 
Look, okay, as the action got going, it was all right, as you'd expect. They're not going to have a, be- a bad match. The Usos are the best tag team in the WWE. Daniel Bryan's the best wrestler. Eric Rowan is Eric Rowan. Um, so, yeah, it was it was fine. It was a good match. Maybe for you star rating guys, I know you're not one, Danny. It was about two and three quarters, three stars. It was a fine match. It was all right. Daniel Bryan loses the match. And I'm like, oh, they've took the belts off Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan. Maybe they're going to use the brains and have Daniel Bryan be a singles guy. Nope. As I found out, and as the crowd found out, because they popped pretty big when the Usos won, this was indeed a non-title match, which I was not made aware by the commentators who are shit. Um, so, yeah, that was the pre-show, Danny. At least you didn't have to watch all the video packages twice, like I did. Um I was I was tuning as the pre-show for oh I get to see the Tony Nese uh, Davari match, which looking back should have been on the pre-show because maybe the fans wouldn't have been so fucking rude throughout the match. Um But yeah, that was the pre-show, Danny. You made a great decision to be wrong. Um <laughs> But yeah, on to the main show. Um so we started with the you, do you know what this made me think, Danny, right? Back in the day, I'd be scrambling two minutes before the start of the pay-per-view to get my Red Bulls ready, to get the brews ready, to get whatever I was eating ready, to make sure I was up there for about a minute before the pay-per-view started. And today, I was about two or three minutes into the show, because back in the day, I used to get, I know it sounds stupid, I used to look forward to seeing the opening video package to the pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They used to be, like, very, I don't know, I don't know if that was just being younger or... I don't know, maybe not being the husband that's been... I mean, the wife that's been used to 20 years of shit off the husband. But, um, yeah, I was downstairs making a brew while the video package went on. And I was downstairs and thought, well, normally I'd be, like, making sure I watch that. Do you know what I mean? I'd be excited about what the set looked like, um, what the crowd were like. But, no, it's just it's just, it's just, just a glorified five-hour Raw or SmackDown at this point. Um, but, yeah, the women's Money in the Bank ladder match, Danny... Um, what did you make of this spectacle? Um, yeah, I, what I what I found of this match is there was some really good spots and some really really not so good spots. I thought it was um, it, it was feast or famine to a certain degree. Um, first of all, uh, I think it was Nikki Cross, and it's not necessarily her fault. This. The, the near enough started with like the Terry Funk ladder uh, ladder spot where he puts his head in one of the uh, the ladder steps and then spins around um, and takes starts taking people out. Well, Naomi um, took it took it really bad. Well, when I say took it really bad, it looked like she's hurt herself straight straight from the off. And yet, the other people who basically had to run in it. And took one of the lightest bumps that I've ever seen in my life, all within the same the same spot. It was it was it was really really poorly done um, by the girls who were running into the ladder. Um, I've never seen anything so bad with that particular spot, and I've seen it on a lot of indies. So that wasn't great, to be honest with you. Um, what I uh, I did like was the jumping in Sigori off the um off the ladder by Naomi. Um and I think she actually did that um again after she'd jumped across two ladders. Um so that again a really poor spot and then a really, really cool spot all within the opening three minutes of the match. Mm. 
you know, what what did you think of the start? Did you notice what was going on with this spinning ladder um, spot? What was it? The one when Naomi did like the splits? No, no, it was actually where Nikki Cross had the um, had the ladder on her head um, and then was spinning it around like a helicopter. Um, and people were then running into it in the poorest form you've ever seen. I can't remember it, Danny. I was the first few minutes of the match. I was to be honest. I was just looking at the people in it and thinking, "This is going to be a fucking terrible match." <laughs> I'm not going to lie. No, that's that's fair enough. I mean, um, one person who I did think showed um, really come off well out of this match and and was consistently good throughout it. And it's not something I would have expected to be saying was Dana Brooke. Um, yeah. She's um, she she had a really really good showing. Um, she actually put um, Ember Moon into a tree of well on the ladder and then hit a really, really good somersault elbow. Um, I was very impressed with that. Um, she got up the ladder and had got hold of the briefcase and then was basically swinging off the briefcase as she was trying to be caught, but she was taken down in the end. Um, the... Another really good spot was the Ember Moon, uh, which yeah. hit the eclipse on um, Natty from the top of the ladder, which was on the outside of the ring. Spot of the match. Um, but in the midst of this, and this is the thing with wrestling, you never know whether you're being worked or whether you don't. Oh, this Carmella, Carmella seemed to injure herself when uh, Mandy Rose kicked the ladder away from her. Now, she was basically holding it on the floor and it was kicked away. And she looked to have rolled a knee. But then Mandy Rose, and she, obviously she's if she's hurt herself, she's hurt herself. So she, like, stumbles off to the ropes. And then Mandy Rose tries, tries to carry on working. And she ended up shouting, just get off me or just leave me alone. And then refused to take part in the two or three occasions that uh, Mandy Rose had tried to start working with her. Then she sat on the ring apron and she was taken out. Um, now, Danny, the dirt sheets are saying, yeah, the dirt sheets are saying that this spot was planned because they're going to go with a Carmel and Mandy Rose feud, right? That's what the dirt sheets are saying. And it would make sense because they did have Carmella come running back out. But I'm sorry, if that was a worked spot, she didn't sell it as if it was a, a spot, did she? She sold it as if it was legit. Do you know what I mean? That's not professional wrestling selling, is it, the way she did it? No. I'm not buying it. I think that, that, to me, maybe the little bit of it was scripted, but I'm saying she was legit hurt me. I'm not asked. She was legit hurt. There's no way she'd react like that. She's not that good of an actress. Well, if this is the thing. If she was legit, legitimately hurt, then it shows a complete lack of unprofessionalism to not sell, and to actually mouth in the ring, I think it was something like "get away from me" or "stop it" or something along those lines. She mouthed, but you could you were quite clearly hear her and wasn't working with Mandy Rose. So if she is legit here, that is very unprofessional. When you think of all these people that have hurt themselves in the ring and done the absolute hardest to carry on, um, she just basically went, "Stop! This is over now. I've hurt myself. I'm going." Yeah. Well, no matter if what, Danny, if it's if it's a work. Then why where where in the work does it say that you've then got to just stop performing? Because that's what she did. She stopped performing and then went. 
I can't see any storylines that would further this in yeah. the way that you know you know what I mean. It it doesn't it doesn't add I agree. up. I agree. Either way, it's a bit suspect. If it was a work, it was absolutely horrific booking and terrible selling. And if it wasn't a work, then it was very unprofessional. So either way, it, it just yeah. wasn't very good. It wasn't something. It took me out of the match. That's what it did. I spent the next three minutes on my phone messaging, saying what what's going on there. Do you know what I mean? It took me out of the match, yeah. which is not what it should have done. Um, do you know what, Danny? I was watching this match. And do you know who I was looking on the outside? And I don't know. She's not. Sonia Deville for me I don't know what it is a look there's something about her I think she's not a star but I don't know I was thinking why are you not in this match I know you yeah. like playing into the story of the finish but you, I don't know you seem more legit than half of the people in the match well she I mean she is legit isn't she yeah. she's uh, come from a legitimate background I, 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 I agree with you Dan I've got to be honest with you um, I could say that you could quite easily say Carmella um, and uh, Naomi out of this situation, uh, possibly even Natty to some degree, and have have her in. But uh, as you said, uh, Carmella returned and knocked fuck out of Mandy Rose, laid her out. Um, Sonia Deville then comes and drags Carmella uh, off um, off the ladder when she was getting up. Um, she picks up Mandy Rose and puts her on her shoulders, basically. Uh, and climbs up the ladder with Mandy Rose on her shoulder. And then she gets up there and Bailey meets them at the top. Um, and to finish the match and for Bailey to win the money in the bank, the big finishing move <laughs> is a really weak looking punch. <laughs> I know, it was poor, weren't it? It really was. So. Despite despite the fact that there were some really good spots in there, as I say, Naomi and Dana Brooke um, and Bailey as well, looking quite good throughout the match. Uh, don't didn't look like they put a step wrong. Um, you, you've then got this really really deflating finish. So what is you know it's a you, you were saying to me last week that this is now considered to be one of the big four pay per views um, or, or certainly up there and joining them. And this is such a deflating blow off to this, uh, to this match. Yeah, anti climax. Like many of the finishes on this show, the match I thought overall I fought for it. Perfect people saying it was a great match. Get out! It wasn't a great match. It was a spotty match. Uh, looked a little bit rehearsed. You know what I mean? There's no way them them lot could put together some of the spots. Um, it's just it's a women's ladder match because we've got to give them what we give the men. Let's be honest, that's what it is. It's there. Oh, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. If you're having a, I prefer women's ladder match. Get all the best female wrestlers you've got in the company in the match. People who can work. I was watching this match thinking, someone's going to get injured here. There's some. Do you know what I mean? You play, you're play. playing with ladders and stuff like that. Someone's going to get injured. Oh, well, Carmella might have done, but yeah. It was all right, Danny Wernick. The right person won in Bailey. Uh, that's all we can really say I about think... it. I think there was um, the way I'd sum it up. It was a poor match with some um, with some very good spots sprinkled on it. Yeah, I went two stars. It it it, it happened. It was an event. It was a match, and it took place. Rey Mysterio versus Samoa Joe for the United States Championship. Yeah, United States it Championship. Is, yeah. uh, after their one minute match at WrestleMania, I was thinking. Hmm, <laughs> they might be going all out here. They, they might be having their WrestleMania match tonight. 
Boy, was I wrong. This match goes three or four minutes. Yeah. Well, Over to you, Danny. Yeah. Uh, I, I would have assumed it went three or four minutes as well. Um, both Cage Match and Wikipedia reporting that it went one minute and 39 seconds. Um, first of all, you've got to ask, did somebody say to Rey Mysterio, what we're doing is, lads, we're all going to come as fancy dress as a toilet brush. And Rey Mysterio was the only one that turned up looking like a toilet brush. <laughs> yeah. You messaged that, didn't you, in the uh, WhatsApp? Fucking cow. Um, but it's Ray, he's fucking legend, so we, we, we let him off. Uh, I was really looking forward to this match, as I was for the Mania match. It was one minute, 39 second match. Um, Joe did not have his shoulders down. It was made clear on the broadcast that Joe didn't have his shoulders down, and the referee cancelled the three um, after a, a hurricane into a, a, a roll-up pinfall. It was it was a very quite shocking, um, and as, again, especially the fact that the pointing out the, the referee and mistakes. Joe broke his nose um, during the match, and there was blood pissing out of his nose. I don't uh, obviously Ray wins the title uh, after the match. Joe comes back and knocks the shit out of Ray, and his son Dominic. Uh, watched it all, and then eventually Joe got bored and fucks off back to the back. Yeah, for me, this match really should have been... Say, it, I, it I say, sorry, mate, I was going to say, I want to say that this has actually made me want to see the match more. If that's WWE's intention, then fair play to them. I've been looking forward to this match in WrestleMania. I was looking forward to it tonight. Both times I've come off disappointed. However, I still want to see these guys get 15, 20 minutes. So I don't know whether that's very, very good booking on their part or very, very poor booking. Yeah. Well, Danny, I would have liked them to have had... Right, the problem is now it's like a blood feud, isn't it? So the, I'd like to see these two go out there and have a wrestling match first and foremost. A wrestling match, 15, 20 wrestling match, have Ray win or whatever. Then you do this match they had tonight and then you do the stip match as the third match. Now... The, ma- the payoff match, when they have this rematch, is going to be, what, it's going to be like a blood match, and it'll probably make it a street fight, some shit like that. Um, I just thought, I mean, I was on, on my predictions for the show, which I won, by the way. Neil Tebbs, you didn't win again, I win. <laughs> um, bad week for Leeds. But, yeah, um, <laughs> I, I would have booked the match. <laughs> I would have booked the match as Mysterio wins, Joe, Dominic comes out, celebrates with Mysterio, Joe kicks the living shit out of both of them after the match. That's what I wanted to see. But instead, Dominic, I don't know what... he's what. How are we going to believe the guy's training to be a wrestler and he won't run into the ring to make the save? Do you know what I mean? Or at least attempt to defend his dad's honour. This guy's, what, going to be a babyface? And he won't... Do you, I don't know. It, Danny, it was just... It was there. It, this was something that should happen on a Raw and SmackDown, not your fourth or fifth biggest pay-per-view of the year. Do you know what I mean? You don't build on these sort of events. You don't build on a WrestleMania. You don't build on a Money in the Bank pay-per-view for, what, a match at some random pay-per-view in June that they'll probably have. Some match on Saudi Arabia, which is apparently bigger than WrestleMania, by the way. Um, but, yeah, oh, I'm looking at my notes, Danny. Miz versus Shane was next, weren't it? Oh. 
you like this? Did yeah. you like this match? And yeah, no, you were just trolling everyone in that WhatsApp group, weren't you? Yeah. Um... <laughs> this was the worst match in WWE this year. Don't try and convince me otherwise. Oof. Did it you was... see that frog splash from Miz? Did you see it? <laughs> Honestly, it was terrible. Well, it was fucking awful. Um, I, I've got to be honest with you. It, it, I, I've actually wrote down on. Oh, I'm just going to go into so if you hear rustling paper, just excuse me. Um, I've wrote down four bullet points from this match. Normally, I'll write ten to twelve. Um, the what did look good was the skull crushing finale um, on the chair, and Shane got his foot on the rope. Oh, um, this now, we, obviously, it's it's. It's a cage match, and Corey Graves again makes the point of poor officiating. This is a theme throughout the night, so I don't know whether WWE are actually trying to play on this, um, because normally commentators don't bring up things that the referees have done wrong. So when you had the Joe getting pinned with the shoulder up, you've had this. Um, now with wrestling, I've watched for many many years, and it's. If you're in an ODQ match of any type, over the years, sometimes, sometimes for the majority of times, if you get your foot on the rope, the ref will break the pin. Um, and don't get me wrong, there's certainly um, contradictions to that in different organisations and different uh, different situations. But there's no hard and fast rule of during an ODQ or a steel cage or a street fight if somebody gets the foot on the rope whether the, sh- the referee should break the pinfall or not. I think it's more likely that, that it happens more often that they will break the fall. But again, uh, Corey Graves brought it up, so I think there is a bit of a theme that goes on throughout tonight in regards to the officiating. Danny, and, right, can I ask you something? Well, yeah. Before we're still talking about that, right? So, if I'm watching, I felt like, I might just stick or something here, right? If I'm watching, say this wasn't a cage match, say this was a street fight, yeah? Right, or a no DQ match or whatever, yeah, WWE match, and the count in the pinfall or whatever, say it's The Rock versus Austin WrestleMania 17, that was a no DQ match, whatever, yeah, say if, I don't know, The Rock hits The Rock bottom on Stone Cold, Stone Cold gets his foot on the rope, I wouldn't be like, what are they doing, it's no DQ, to me, what what's no DQ got to do with getting his foot on the rope, to me, getting your foot on the rope is basically the same as kicking out. Well, at least I, I class it as that. But yeah. I must be wrong because the entire audience were like booing as if it's bullshit that that happened in a, in a no DQ match. I don't see what the two have got to do with well, each other. He kicked out. The, me, what, what the, it's a rope break. Well, exactly. The, the, the counter argument is if you've got a submission hold on in a no DQ match and somebody gets to the ropes, then the way the referee would break the ropes is by calling for a five count. And if you don't break the five, if you don't break your hold, they'll disqualify you. But you can't do that in an ODQ match. So that is the contradiction in terms of well, a referee, when you put your foot on the rope, it's supposed to break the hold or the pinfall. With a pinfall, obviously, you wouldn't get disqualified. It would just be, um, it just the referee would refuse to count. However, watching WWE and most of the companies over the years, the only time, it's very rare that these rules aren't enforced, even in no DQs or street fights or steel cage matches. So I think it's obviously a theme that they're the making out of this, that something about bad officiating is going to be yeah. coming on into the storyline. 
So, okay, they're doing it for a reason. Um, I'm going back to what you said. Um, it was the worst frog splash I've ever seen by the Miz. Um, at this point, people are chant- chanting bullshit over the um, the rope break, and they're also chanting AW during the match. Um, and CM Punk. I, I didn't. I didn't notice CM Punk, but I would. I, I wouldn't be surprised. So. At the end, the ending, again, you come to, uh, uh, whether it be a ladder match or a steel cage match, it's supposed to be full of emotion and full of cool spots and, you know, grey finishes and chain falls out of the ring to win the match. It's like a comedy spot. It was, yeah, it, it was it was awful. Um, so, I know you and your star ratings, how much would you give them? Well, I've got one star here, but I must have been, I don't know, maybe the coffee had kicked in. That was a fucking dud. That was a dud. It was a terrible match. I, it's one of the matches that... Uh, it, it, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have took a lot of shit in various social media platforms, in WhatsApp groups. And I'm going to reiterate this again. The Miz is terrible at wrestling. He is terrible. He is one of the worst baby faces ever he is no good in the ring yeah he had a great match with Dolph Ziggler Dolph Ziggler is a good worker people can be carried to very good matches by very good workers put the Miz with anyone who isn't great and it is a shocker the Miz is no good yeah I think I don't I don't completely agree with you however what I would say is he is a lot better working heel. I think he's a very, yeah. very charismatic heel. And I think he gets a reaction off the people. Um, and I do think you're right in terms that, depending who he's working with, he can look a lot better than he did tonight. Yeah. And the worst thing is, Danny, this feud must carry on. This should have just been the Miz gets his revenge for what Shane did to his dad. He gets his revenge for losing at WrestleMania. Miz wins. Babyface wins. We can all move on with our lives and forget this. But no. Uh, do you know what? At least Saudi Arabia has to put up with this match as well. That's one consolation. But, yeah. I wouldn't even wish this match on them. Um, Saudi Mania. Yeah. So, Danny, after this, after the after Shane wins this match, this terrible match, we are gifted to Tony Nice versus Davari. Uh, I think they probably positioned this match here to like calm the crowd down after what they would have expected to be a spectacular match between the Miz and Shane. And Danny, this was death. The crowd, the it was. I felt sorry for him. The crowd were rude. I've seen videos of everyone streaming for a piss. Uh, it was just rude. The way these guys are busting their ass like nobody else has done in any of the previous matches. The proper really trying. It's part WWE's fault for how they sort of position the 205 Live guys, but it's part these fa- these fans. It was just rude. I don't know. I, th- I thought it was rude to how they were just shitting on the match in the beginning. Yeah, I think... I, I, I mean, I think what, what's happened here is, is, as you say, the the fans have been... WWE fans have been taught... They don't have to. Uh, they don't have any respect for uh, cruiserweight matches. That's as you said the way it's being positioned. If you look at the critical acclaim that the cruiserweight classic got when it first started, people were excited, and then they went through the two hundred five. The first year was was not good, um, and 
you you've got you, you've got to understand that these people are looking at it as a piss break match. They are looking at it as go and get a beer or your popcorn. It's unfortunate because it, it was it was a decent match. Um, you know, there was a, a solid first five minutes um, of technical wrestling. Um, there was a, a head and arm bomb off the top um, by Aria Davari, um, who came out in a was it a Mercedes? It wasn't an SLK. It was um, some really special type of uh, I think is it an AMG Mercedes or something. It was a car. Yeah, it was a car. Yeah, so you're as much into cars as I am. Yeah. Um, so he come out like doing the Playboy gimmick. He actually, come out second, which really pissed me off because I think a champion should always come out second. Um, solid five minutes. That, that really good. It's like um, a cross, uh, a cross armed, um, flipping bomber is the only way I can explain it. Off, off the top rope. Um, I was a really, really good um, flipping tope suicida. Um, over the top by Tony Nice, and that was followed by a 450 splash for a close two. How good is Tony Nice? Yeah, he's great. He is really, really. Like, I didn't really know much or care much about him before WrestleMania, but from watching him on 205 Live, he, to me, he should be. I, I don't know, Danny. He's 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 like Buddy Murphy, and he? he's IC title, UC US Championship level guy. But once you've got this cruiserweight, I don't know, stigma behind you. The main audience don't seem to care. But Tony Nish, yeah, he's great. He's great. I thought Devari did all right as well. I, I, I'd really did like very well. to see these two. Give him a rematch on 205 Live. Let him go 20 minutes and they'll tear the house down. Well, yeah, I mean... They'll tear the front row down. But whatever. <laughs> um, I, at this point, there was, uh, as you said, a real Devari hit. Like, it was a huge Akada Rainmaker. It was... Uh, yeah, Tony what a lariat that was. Went full over, um, and he, he got a close to himself. And the finish was actually a really impressive-looking big knee into the corner when uh, Davari was down, and he rolls it up for the three counts. Um, a finishing move that was hit quick. It was. It surprised. It surprised a lot of people. It was hit quick. It looked brutal, and it takes. Uh, it takes Tony Nese on as champion to remain champion. I often wonder if there's a place for a a show maybe once or twice a year, a pay-per-view style or big event style show. Maybe they could use the likes of Madison Square Garden or another great arena like the Cow Palace or something like this. A more traditional arena and you base it all around technical wrestling. So... You're saying that it's not going to be an NXT show, which are fantastic. It's not going to be a TakeOver show. It's not going to be a WWE show. It's for the best of the rest. So all these guys that can be so good. Think about WWE as having 260 wrestlers employed currently. And there's so much talent in there. Maybe go out and give them a place to shine. Film some of the stuff for house shows and make possibly make it a best-of series. Um or a compilation of hidden hidden gem type shows. I just wonder if there's a place for it because these two guys got ten minutes. They got put in a good quality match. However, they probably would have got fifteen or more on a two oh five live show. And that's the dichotomy of two oh five live television and giving them an outlet on a pay per view. Just Whether they try, Danny. All they need to do, yeah, is 
four times a year. Yeah, whatever. Four times a year. I have a 205 Live special at full sale the day after the taping, NXT tapings. Do you know what I mean? That's all they need to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want them to see him on these WWE pay-per-views. Every time they go out there, they try and have a good match. The crowd don't give a shit. It's no, no good for them. Don't. A lot of these guys are learning. Do you know what I mean? I know like a lot of them are experienced, but they're learning under like the WWE banner. And it's no good for like the confidence wrestling in these sort of like atmospheres or whatever. Just simply have them go on the house show circuit with the other with on the main roster. Let them learn like that, whatever. Um, then just have four or five two or five live specials. Um, full sale. The full sale crowd are very receptive of people. Look how they react when people like Tyler Breeze, um, uh, Buddy Murphy go across to NXT. They're, they're treated as stars. They'd be very. Do you know what I mean? Just do that. That's what I do. But well, you, you know, you you think of you think of all these guys. It's not just two hundred five. It's the NXT. Yeah. Guys. They so, don't get a chance. They don't get a chance. Yeah, exactly. Can you imagine something like a Cesaro versus Walter match? Um, at a at a show, Cassius Ono versus exactly. As Kings are wrestling, actually facing off against each other, it would be it would be an idea four times a year, a special like in the way I don't know. Anyway, we'll have to move on. I apologise for taking us off on a tangent. Um, now before the Davari match and Tony Nice. It was the incident backstage where Sammy was found hanging upside down, wasn't it? Yeah. We actually didn't know whether it was Sammy. It was tried to do like Triple H was to go to the cameras. Oh, let's get 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 away from this. Let's move away. Let's move away. And as if it wasn't supposed to have been seen. That comes to after the Tony Nice Davari match where Triple H is asking Braun Strowman, who's been looking for Sammy Zayn, to leave. Braun apparently says he hasn't he's denied doing anything to Sami Zayn, said he hadn't found him. Um, and that leads us on to him apparently leaving. Um, then we had a, a promo for Saudi Mania, and we move on to the Raw title, um, Raw Women's title, Lacey Evans versus Becky Lynch. Dan, yeah. Yeah. do you want to start on this one? Yeah, it was, uh, to be honest with you, I was a bit sceptical how Lacey was going to do. Um, obviously, she's well, you know about her personal life and stuff. I wish her every success in WWE. I hope it works out for her. Um, I thought, Danny, this match was better than I thought it would be. Becky is... Right, now, I, I'm of the opinion Becky Lynch isn't the best women's wrestler in WWE. She's not. For me, a, move, a movement isn't quite there, yeah? But there's been other... St- superstar wrestlers whose movement whatever you want to call it hasn't quite been there but there's one thing i will say this was the first time all night someone came out and i felt like i was watching a genuine star the way she's transformed herself in the last 12 months is phenomenal she looks like a star she's dressed like a star with a new attire that black and yellow combo and the crowd respond to her i thought she did an okay job of carrying lacey um, I thought the match was better in the beginning than it was the end. I was pissed off at the referee um, for sort of ruining the end of the match. It was an okay match. It was, I don't know. Becky's a star for me. She's a star. She is the nearest. Her, Roman Reigns and Brock are the three top stars in WWE for me at the moment. And I don't know. I'd have left both belts on her. But hey, that, that's for later on. She wins this match. Um, I didn't like the fact that it maybe if that's the way they're going, they're trying to make the disarm her. 
one of them moves like Ronda Rousey's armbar where you tap in one second. Fair enough if that's the way you're going, but I don't think it did Lacey's credibility any good. She basically tapped before the disarm her was even locked on, which was a bit strange. But um, it was better than I thought it'd be. Well, I think what will impress me, as you say, there's a certain thing, and I, I, I equated to by the time Steve Austin really hit his prime, he was suffering with a lot of injuries. Um, so he wasn't the ring technician that he once was. Um, I see a similar type of style with Becky. It was a dominating start. Um, there was a judo judo throw, a couple of low drop kicks, um, and then some outside brawling. And then Lacey then started to take over the match. I've got to be honest with you, I don't agree with what you said about her uh, carrying Lacey. Um, I very much thought that Lacey held her own here. And if anything, really, really impressed me to the point that I want to see a lot more of her. Well, when they got back in the ring, Lacey had caught um, Becky's arm and she was working the arm properly, targeted and, and intently with the... Um, uh, there was... Um, first of all, she was stamping on her and then the, the she did this apron into the ring from the apron into the ring elbow drop uh, it was really it really looked really looked good um after that becky lynch did a, a great flying clothesline from the second rope and starts dominating the match again but it was going back and forth in terms of a two or three minutes uh, domination from becky turned into a two or three minute spell of domination from um, from Beth, from lacey evans um there was a springboard cutter from Lacey Evans, which again looked really impressive. When when Becky went into the disarmor, um, I think she got to the ropes first of all. And she, not 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 long after that, she got another disarmor, and Lacey Evans tapped. But Lacey Evans had basically had her in like what 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 you'd say um, it, it was kind of like a triangle, a uh, triangle chokehold, and. What the referee should have done was start counting um, the th- one, two, and then Becky would flip it over and put her into the disarmor. And it seemed like both girls were waiting for the referee to start counting to a two. And he looked one side and then he went around them and he went to the other side and didn't count. He didn't realize that the shoulders were down. So the girls ended up a little bit of a delay into the disarmor and then Lacey taps. What you were saying again there about the it made her look weak, I don't think it did. I hope that they're moving towards. I can't. When you watch Ronda Rousey, everyone's seen Ronda Rousey in the UFC. People, as soon as that arm is extended, will tap the fuck out. Rather than hanging on for minutes and minutes to the point where you just think, this isn't realistic. It might have been in the 1990s. You may, people may have looked like a, a really, the people, they were really holding on. But now people have had exposure to UFC. People don't stay in submissions that long. They either escape it or they tap out. It doesn't, it's not to the point where you're on the floor for so long. So I think that it's a good thing that the hopefully they'll try and do this with all submissions. No, not for me. I, I'm not saying you're wrong, Danny, but I mean, for my, no, it's in my opinion, opinion, do you know what I like? Like, obviously, I know. Realistically, they tap straight away, yeah. But I, with wrestling, you, I don't know. I just suspend my disbelief, whatever you want to call it. Um, I like one of my favorite parts of a wrestling match, yeah, is wrestlers. What you know, when they have a submission, 
Like, say, like, when Kurt Angle have an ankle lock in, yeah? I love the suspense and the drama of, are they going to tap? Do you know what I mean? I'm waiting, thinking, are they going to tap? Are they going to tap? And for me, when someone taps within a second, yeah, it takes that. I like, like, that's just a personal preference. I really like the bit where, oh, are they going to tap? Are they going to tap? Like, when Benoit, I know I'm not mentoning, but Benoit, when he'd have something in the cross face, like Triple H at Mania, he'd be in it for ages. It's like, is he going to tap? Is he going to tap? And then he did tap, big pop. Um, whereas I, th- I think we've just been with WWE. I'm just trained for years and years of watching long submissions and stuff. So mm. I'm, I see, just like that. If, if, during the, if during the course of the year you've seen all these short submissions and then at WrestleMania when it's, it's Ronda comes back and it's Becky or Charlotte versus Ronda at WrestleMania and after all these quick submissions that everyone's tapped out to, when it gets to the final and they're really, really fighting it, and they really want to get out of it, and that, that submission stays on longer. It might make it even more of a pop when they either get out or when they eventually tap. I don't know. It's just yeah, it's, it's a different opinion, though. It's, yeah, it is. Um, one thing I will say, Danny, just a bit off topic, right? How well did that Oscar and Kyrie Zane team go? Do you know what I mean? You've got two amazing female wrestlers on the roster and you don't have them in that Money in the Bank ladder match. Why are they not in these title matches? Do you know what I mean? Well, it's just a waste for me. You, to be honest, Oscar beat Becky at the Royal Rumble clean. Yeah? Clean. Yeah. She beat her. And what? why Why has she not come out and asked for Do you know what I mean? It's never It's never been, like, touched upon. But, well, I think, I think what, what you've noticed, and probably what we'll come on to a little bit more in a minute, is the fact that you've got Asuka... Charlotte, Becky to a certain degree, and Ronda Rousey. Then you've got the likes of Kylie Sane, Ember Moon, um, who are on a slightly le- well, quite a lower level. But then there's a there's there's a, one or two others, and then there's a big fall in terms of quality in the women's division. Yeah. Um, and you've got the rest of them. Um, Danny, so, I'm going to go and get a Coke. Talk us through this Becky-Charlotte match. Okay. Um, so Charlotte basically comes out at the end of the, uh, the Lacey Evans match. Um, uh, what's interesting here, I think Cody Graves is doing his usual of talking everyone through what should be happening from a fighter's perspective, what should be happening. It's really good the way he does it. So... Charlotte comes down and she starts golden Becky. She's ready to go and she's ready to perform. She gets in the ring and she's challenging Becky to step in straight away as soon as this match is finished. And Graves is saying, well, this wasn't scheduled to be on now and that Becky um, should just walk back to the back um, because she's not prepared. It doesn't give her the preparation time and the Charlotte's playing mind games with her and she's going to go in with an edge. Um, but obviously... Baby uh, Lynch playing the baby face actually takes the match up and goes straight in for it. You open in five minutes. Charlotte gets a Boston Crab. Um, after, sorry, after an even open in five minutes, she then goes into a Boston Crab, basically gets to the ropes. Um, there's a lot of very, very mean forearms exchanged in this match. And then Lacey comes back down as the referee is not looking and lands uh, Becky with the women's right, which looks amazing. Um, I want to see a lot more of Lacey Evans going forward. She looked very, very good on this show. Um, 
Becky Lynch then kicks out on a two when Charlotte covers her. Charlotte then goes back and hits a really, really good-looking big boot, and that takes her into the three counts and for the win. Right, um, I'm back. Right, yeah. Danny. So we've just gone through to the point where... No, Charlotte I was listening. I was boost. listening. I was listening. I was waiting for my time to come and conquer. Right, so <laughs> Lacey Evans, yeah? She hits the women's right. What did you say happened straight after that? There was a two count. Yeah, exactly. So she hits the women's right, yeah? This finishing move that should be... It should be Becky's out. But no, within five seconds... Becky has got Charlotte in schoolboy. She's schoolboys her, whatever, schoolgirls or whatever you want, you want to call it, yeah? So that mugged off her finishing move. It was that effective that Becky was able to apply a schoolboy to Charlotte, yeah? Yeah, so that's gone, that's gone. The match should have finished with Be- with uh, hitting the women's right, then straight into the big boot from Charlotte, one, two, three, yeah? But no, Becky has showed that she's recovered, gets the schoolboy, yeah? And then Charlotte kicks out. Becky straight back up. No selling the women's right. Just into a big boot. A move that Charlotte hits countless times in her matches for a two count. And wins with a three count. This match makes Lacey Evans look like shit. Becky Lynch look like shit. And eventually Charlotte look like shit. Go on, Dan. I think I think the I think the, the when she hit the women's right, I think what's that's done is it's given um it's made Becky looked like the babyface badass where she was able to get up despite being hit by that. And then that Charlotte's big boot was just the icing on the cake she couldn't take anymore. Um, so I've got a slightly different view on it from there. I've got to also say at this point, this is a, a relative... Lacey's a relatively new talent. She's got to be in and around that women's division. She's come in. Straight from the top, I don't think it's going to lessen her position because I don't think she currently has a position. She's going to go into the melee with the women's division for a while until she then resurfaces for a you know for another title challenge. In my view, so we were left with um, Lacey Evans and Charlotte beating up on Becky at the uh, at the end of the match. Um, it was the, the the two of them looked like they were quite well together, to be honest with you. And obviously that that similar, both muscular, um, both blonde. They they look like they could be a good team at some point or another. Um, so um, we got at that point Bailey coming out to help her friend Becky and lays out Charlotte Flair and Lacey Evans. Um, and then at this point, as Charlotte's laying on the floor. That she decides to cash in the money in the bank? Yeah, Charlotte looks like shit. All she did was run into the ring post, lies on the floor for two minutes, Bailey cashes in money in the bank, hits one elbow drop, one, two, three, Bailey's your new champion, anti-climax, I am sick, every money in the bank show. We have to get these shitty cash-ins. It's just hit your finish, win, one, two, three. What happens? A bit of drama. Can we have a bit of drama in some of these cash-ins? Do you know what I mean? I'd like to see it cash in. I'd like Charlotte to have kicked out. And then maybe they wrestle for two more minutes. Do you know what I mean? It's just every year it's she hits a finish. One, two, three. I'm bored of it. I'm bored of this money in the bank gimmick. Sick of it. Bailey, what's the point? Yeah, Bailey looks great for one night. She's looked like shit for two years. They just randomly decide to try with her to fuck Sasha Banks over. That's all. The only reason they're pushing Bailey is to say, yeah, fuck you, Sasha. Whatever. They don't care about Bailey. Mark my words, in two or three months, Bailey will be back to doing nothing. And this will all have been a waste. 
Charlotte looks like shit. Becky finally got this Becky two belts thing she's been trying to get over. The crowd are going ape shit, chanting Becky two belts before the match. And now she's lost the belt. So Becky's down a peg. Lacey Evans, yeah, whatever Lacey Evans, if you disagree. Charlotte's a nine-time champion, and I can remember about two of her reigns. Bailey's the champion. All gone to shit. This threw me off the show. You might have enjoyed it, Danny. I'm sure no, you did. I didn't, Everyone else I did. did. I, I, didn't, I didn't enjoy it. I enjoyed very much the um, Becky and Lacey match. Um, I don't think... Sh I think Charlotte and Becky's match was very much overshadowed by what Disappointed. happened. Disappointed. They can have great matches. Um, and then, obviously, the the elbow. Now, another thing to point out at this point is that Corey Graves, again, states the officiating is poor. And it's the worst night of officiating he's seen in WWE. Um, he obviously wasn't watching Survivor Series 97. Um, but he said the worst performance of officiating because Charlotte was not on her feet and stood up to start the match um, yeah. so that he could ring the bell. Which, again, if you remember Dolph cashing in on uh, Alberto Del Rio, he had to wait for him to get to his feet. Um, it wasn't It wasn't good. The... the yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head where I think they don't know what to do, so they needed to do something. They'll put the belt on Bailey. Where does that then go? Is it to the point that there's now nothing to Vences again? Um, I, I honestly couldn't tell you. And one thing that, that you said to me that, that comes out completely during a lot of these women's matches, I don't know who's on which brand anymore. I've got no <laughs> idea. I know who the champion is because I recognise the red or the blue belts, but they're that they're in, they're given such a position that you don't know. You, you you really just you can't place who's on what brand, which is quite sad for the women. No, this goes for everything, Danny. The men's money in the bank. I can't tell you are for the brands that they're on. This wild card reel, it's just thrown me. I don't know. I I don't know, Danny. Um. So next, after Bailey's, Bailey's the new champion, Grape. Next, we are, I can't be asked going into detail about this shit. Roman Reigns beat Elias in 10 seconds. At least it was short. Elias is shit. Uh, it was a waste of time. Roman should be doing bigger and better things. The guy is better than this. It was fucking terrible, wasn't it? I mean, it, it, this just shouldn't, it just shouldn't have happened. Um, just thinking, why, why, why... The, they, they just sort of kid. But think of all the stuff. If you're listening to this podcast, yeah, think of all the stuff we've just run through, yeah, right? I'm watching this in real time in the middle of the morning, yeah? And it's no wonder by the time they got to the big three matches, I just tuned out. I'm just thinking, what am I watching this shite for? So, yeah. What well, we were, we, were, we were lucky. I mean, it did, this was, the, the, at this point now, um, you get AJ versus Rollins. It was a good video package leading in yeah. um, to the match. Um, it was very much a case of who is the better technical wrestler. Um, is it AJ? Is it Rollins? And there was a certain amount of respect shown between them. It was actually the best video package of the night, to be honest with you. Um, I, I can't say I even remember any of the other ones. Um, so uh, do you want to start off on this one, Dan, or do you want me to kick off? I'll just say, I'll let you kick it off, and then at the end, I'll give my overall I'll give thought. a sum up. Okay. Um, so it was a really good technical opening from both guys. They were they were both um, trying to out outdo one another and one-up each other. Um, there was a really stiff sliding knee on the apron by, to, 
to Rollins, who was on the outside, by AJ. Um, a tope suicida, well, two of them followed up uh, by Seth Rollins. A lovely, lovely springboard clothesline in from the outside by Rollins again. Um, so he starts getting the better of uh, AJ at this point and hits a, bu- uh, a buckle bomb and a frog splash for a, for a close two counts. Then you start seeing about three or four minutes of reversals and counters um, from each other. Uh, this ended with another close two after a really, really good-looking torture rack bomb by AJ. It looked like a brutal move. Coming through and you see um, two of them are on the top rope and Seth Rollins hits a super reverse suplex off the top rope and then actually floats over into like a modified falcon arrow for another close two. Again, this was flawless. Uh, Calf crusher by AJ, which was reversed by Rollins. And then that flipping... He used to have a name for it in TNA, and I can't remember it now, but when he comes out of the corner, AJ, and he uh, he somersaults over and then hits a reverse DDT, which was absolutely brilliant. Always hits it as well. Um, again, that was for a, for a close term. Then probably the spot of the night, which is where Seth Rollins goes for a curb stomp, and it's unbelievably reversed into a Skiles clash, again, for a, another close two counts. Phenomenal forearm, which was reversed into a V-trigger by Seth Rollins. Looked really, really good. A super kick from Rollins and then a curb stomp for the win. A begrudged handshake after the match. I've got to be honest with you, I really, really enjoyed this match. Um, I said to you, it was excellent. Um, I don't think it's going to be talked of as one of the classics in any way, shape or form. However, I think it saved the show because I was ready to turn off before this match and this really got my interest back into the show. Yeah, it it, it was very good. It was uh we were saying last week on the show that it could be end up being like the Finn Balor AJ Styles match that everyone hyped was unbelievable yes. and it, it really wasn't. It was better than that. It was better than that. It was oh, it, it was much better than that. It was, I hate, I, I, don't know, I, I don't feel guilty at all for comparing this because it's wrestling, I'm going to fucking compare it. In New Japan, this would be, it'd, be, it'd grace any card. It was, it was a very, very, very good match. In WWE, it's a great match because you don't get to see matches like that all the time. If you put this on a Dominion, on a Wrestle Kingdom, it would still be a very, very good match. It would not be a match that will be talked about in six months' time. Well, let's I, be honest, if it was on a Dominion or a King of Pro Wrestling or anything like that, it wouldn't be much of the night. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. But in WWE, to be honest with you, Danny, if you put this on an NXT show, on a great NXT yeah, show, yeah, true, it true. possibly wouldn't be match of the night. But on a WWE show, for some reason, in the number one wrestling company in the world, we are taught not to expect to see great wrestling. I don't know how that happened, but whatever. Um yeah, it was a very good match. I loved the spot where um, what did he? You've you've already spoke about it. Where Rollins went for the curb stomp, and AJ um, hit his. I can't even think. You reversed it into the, the 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 Styles clash. Yeah, to the Styles. That was a great spot. And, but it was, do you know what? I think it was more impressive than. Do you remember when he went for the curb stomp and Orton hit the uh, RKO on him? I think it was a mainly a thirty-one. Yeah. Um, I thought it was more impressive than that because... It was. It was amazing. He's basically caught, caught his body, AJ has caught his body, and then switched swiftly turned him round into that. 
and it looked it looked flawless. Yeah, Rollins did a lot with that as well because he arced his body oh, yeah, into yeah, that position. Course. But yeah, it was a really good it was a really good spot. It was a you probably you probably won't see a better WWE match. To be honest, it, it, Kofi versus Brian for me was better. Um, yeah, but if you, I'm trying to think for WWE fans who, for some bizarre reason, might not watch New Japan. Um, say Johnny Gargano against Ricochet on the NXT Takeover in January. It wasn't on that level of match. I, I won't say it's not on an old card or Kenny match because I know you're all bitter against New Japan because it's better than WWE. But whatever. Um, yeah, it was. It wasn't as good as a Gargano Ricochet match from one of the takeovers. Um, or even I don't know, trying to think of they all they are all the same the takeover matches or an Almas Gargano match from the other. It wasn't on that level. It was the next step below. It was very good. I won't remember it in a few months, but yeah, it was good. Yeah, well done, well done for delivering us a good match. Um, <sighs> next, Danny, we had what Kofi Kingston versus Kevin Owens. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna get this out of the way with now. I'd watched the Rollins match. I don't know, did something happen with Lars Sullivan come out with the Lucha yeah, House Party? Lucha, Lucha House Party turned up as if they were gonna wrestle a match when everyone knows it's not on the fucking schedule, it's not on the card, and they come out and start speaking. What well, I mean, it, it just didn't make any sense, and then obviously Lars comes out and just knocks seven shades of shite out of him, uh, cuts himself after that button. Um, oh, Kalisto. Um, it, it was... This is... this A place for this is not on a pay-per-view. For me, however, there we go. Yeah, well, I watched this, Danny, and I just thought... I, I thought it's fucking... It's quarter to three in the morning. I thought, I, I'm interested in what goes on, but my big problem is... When I'm watching WWE shows, does it really matter? They don't plan ahead. This will probably all be changed on Raw tomorrow. It won't lead. Nothing will lead anywhere. So it's three in the morning. I think Chris signed out. Teb signed out. They were just like, right. That, uh, do you know what I mean? They, they were in the chat anymore or whatever. I just thought, do you know what am I doing watching this? So I, I was just really, for the last two matches, I'd lost interest. I've been watching this for that long. And people say, oh, a five-hour show's too long. That might happen, whatever. I can watch a five-hour New Japan show. Fuck me, I, I slag Ring of Honor off. I can sit through a four-hour Ring of Honor show and I'm not bored at the end of it. I don't think, why? Why do I even... I'm, do you know what, Danny? I was at this point in the night. Do you know what came into my head? I thought, how am I going to tell Danny I'm not going to Fight Club Pro on Friday? I can't be arsed with wrestling for a bit. It, it's shit. I'm bored of it. Bored of it. See too much of it. Sick of this shit. So, obviously, it's three o'clock in the morning. I've got thoughts like that in my head. And I thought, what am I watching this shit for? I love watching New Japan. I love watching indie shows. So, yeah, I thought I was going to go on my phone. I'm not going to go to sleep because I want to know. I'll just stay. Do you know what I mean? Because I knew we were doing this show. I thought I'll just keep an eye on the screen or whatever. So, basically, these last two matches were probably good. But WWE had lost me. They'd lost me. I was done. My race was run. So, Danny, Kevin Owens, Kofi Kingston, from the bits that I saw when my eyes were up from my phone, it, it looked all right. It, it was. Uh, I think that's the perfect way to describe it was all right. Um, There's a, a brawling star from both um, Kevin Owens, a frog splash from the apron to outside, which was pretty good because he covered quite a lot of ground. Um, a double stomp from um, by Kofi Kingston on the apron with Kevin Owens in a standard position was good. Um, Trouble in Paradise reversed into a Boston Crab. Um, Cody uh, Kofi gets the ropes. Um, 
Kevin Owens hit the pop-up powerbomb for a two after working his back the whole match. Um, another trouble in paradise knocks Kevin Owens out the ring. Uh, Kevin Owens hits a stunner, but he, uh, Kofi gets his leg on the ropes. And then to finish, a uh, swanton bomb by Kevin Owens. Kofi gets his knees up, hits the trouble in paradise for the win. And what you could say was it was a passable match. It was it was good. And there was no bad bits, um, but it did. It wasn't one to set the um, to set the imagination on fire, was it? Yeah. For well, for, as I said, I didn't, I didn't properly watch it, so I can't really comment. From what I was seeing, it just looked like a standard television main event or something. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I can't. I can't say any more than that. Um, no. The main event, um, the male Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, now, I'm just going to quickly say my assessment, then I'll let you talk about it because you properly watched it. I'll just chirp back in at the end. From watching this, I wasn't paying much attention, but it did look really good. I'll be honest, some of the spots, I was like, wow, that, that looks pretty good. Uh, there was a point where the entire building was chanting for Randy Orton, so I thought, fucking hell, what's going on <laughs> yeah. there? Yeah, that thought, was... Uh... Even Randy Orton, I just I listened. I was on my phone and I just heard a Randy Orton like loud as anything. I looked at the screen. Randy Orton even looked as if to say, "What? Why are you all <laughs> chanting for me?" But yeah, Finn Balor. I seen a few spots where Finn Balor looked like he wanted to kill himself. Don't blame him with working for WWE and how he's been booked. So he probably just thought, "Oh shit, I might as well do something." Ali looked impressive in a few spots that I saw. Um, yeah, I'll let you talk about it, Danny, because you probably... I might rewatch. No, I'm not going to rewatch this match. Go on, Danny. <laughs> hey, it wasn't bad. Um, I've got to be honest with you. It did usual start where everyone starts scrambling. Um, but what was quite interesting was Randy Orton slid out the ring straight away um, while everybody else was fighting. So it was an uneven number. It was seven people in the match because Sami Zayn had been taken out earlier on. And... Then whenever Randy Orton, whenever anyone come near them, he just basically back suplexed them into uh, into the announce table, which unbelievably uh, didn't break. Um, so <laughs> Balor come over, he he, hit, he put he put him on the table with a side suplex, then Ali, and then Ricochet, and they just put them into the. He just did the same move, and then he basically cleared the ring because other people were uh, brawling with each other, and that's when the Randy Orton stand, chant started. Um, right, but. It was there was a lot of there was a lot of uh, finishes and uh, finishing moves hit in this match as you'd expect in a scramble type match. I think early on, Drew McIntyre um, and what's his face Baron Corbin were working together. Um, Drew McIntyre hits a really nasty looking claymore on Randy Orton. Um, Balor hits a double stomp um, on Corbin on the ladder. Uh, Balor and Andrade uh, on top of the ladder. Um, and Almas, um, Andrade uh, hits the sunset powerbomb onto um, onto Finn Balor. Now this they were at the top of the ladder, a sunset over, and then a powerbomb by Almas. Now what actually happened was Balor bounced twice off the ladder. So basically there was the ladder they were climbing on, and then there was another ladder that was placed between the rope, the second rope, and the ladder. So it was like a bridge. And he hit the power bomb, and he bounced once, and then he bounced twice, and then fell off the ladder. Um, it was a really nasty looking spot. Don't know whether it was meant to go like that, but it looked really impressive. Um, 
Uh, Ali hits uh, a Spanish fly on Cien Almas off the ladder, about halfway up the ladder. Also looked really good. And then it goes into a sort of finishing sequence with uh, Baron Corbin chokeslamming Ali through the announce desk. Um, then chokeslaps Balor on the ladder. Chokeslams Balor on the ladder. McIntyre hits a claymore on... Um, <coughs> excuse me, on Baron Corbin. Um, McIntyre suplexes uh, Finn Balor on the ladder. And it's just one after another. Another uh, McIntyre uh, Claymore ricochet thrown through a ladder. Orton hits an RKO on McIntyre. And this is just going to lead into the finishment sequence. And it turns up with uh, Ali, uh, who's on top of the ladder and looks primed to actually win. And I I was asking, wow, this is actually quite... Uh, quite forward thinking, uh, a new young talent who can obviously work and it's quite exciting. Uh, <laughs> oh, and then all of a sudden, I need to preface this by saying, um, I like I like this Brock Lesnar in WWE. I, he's legitimate. He feels like a... a, a Every match seems like it's something special. It's got a big match feel when Brock Lesnar's in I agree. In um, so I was made up to see Brock back. Um, <laughs> however, <laughs> I don't um, think Twitter was. No, the Twitter was not at all. Um, but when he was on the way down, what was quite funny was there was a ladder sort of at the bottom of the ramp, and he threw it out the way. Um, and I thought, oh, with my, you know, you think, oh, could it somebody in the crowd? But it never hit anyone in the crowd. It took out a whole fucking camera crew. There was a cameraman and a runner stood on the other side of the uh, ladder, <laughs> and he took them straight out. Um, and then he, he just carries on into the ring, <laughs> not asked, and gets up, throws him off, takes the money in the bank of the match that he, he was never in, and brilliant. Sits on- Sits on the top of the ladder with his money in the bank, laughing at everyone, kicking off that he's come back, um, shouting, "I'm back, bitches!" Um, <laughs> it was it was beautiful. Um, it's not everyone's favourite ending. I enjoyed it. That's wrong. I didn't enjoy. It. I, I'm glad that he's back. I would have liked to have seen him come back in a different way, and I would have liked to have been a definitive winner from what we understood to believe to be the field. Oh, Danny, I wouldn't have had it any other way, mate. These young athletes are out there killing <laughs> themselves. They're out there. They are literally one of the most brutal ladder matches you're likely to see just from looking up how I was seeing some of these spots. Hell, they were, it was that brutal. People were even chanting for Randy Orton. And they're all <laughs> working their asses off. <laughs> this young talent, Mustafa Ali's going up the ladder. And the man that, for some reason, everybody still believes to this day, you all got worked, you idiot. Thinking <laughs> Brock Lesnar took the title. He's took the title. He's hijacked the title. Shut up. It's a storyline. <laughs> if Vince McMahon wants Brock Lesnar to dance in a chicken soup in the opening match of a pay per view and he's going to pay him what he wants, Brock Lesnar will be the first to do it. And you have all, I can't believe people still believe the work from the Roman Reigns storyline. What? 
over a year ago. He took the title hijack. No, he's not. Brock Lesnar, right? You all say, oh, Brock Lesnar, he's a part-timer. He doesn't do anything. I'll tell you what Brock Lesnar did. Brock Lesnar gave you two of the best damn matches in the last 12 months in WWE. He had a great match against uh, Daniel Bryan at Survivor Series. He had a great match against AJ Styles at Survivor Series. The guy, when he wants to, is great. He's great. He had a decent match with Finn Balor. Brock Lesnar, he's brilliant. I still love Brock Lesnar. And like we said, Danny, three stars on this show, Roman Reigns, Becky Lynch, and Brock Lesnar. I'm letting bed. I'm not paying attention to this match. But i tell you one thing. As soon as I heard... Dum, dum, da -dum, dum, dum. I shot up in my bed. I was like, oh no, holy shit. Brock Lesnar's here. It was brilliant. Brock Lesnar, I hope he cashes it in. I do you know what? I hope he's given a match against Seth Rollins in Saudi Arabia. I hope he wins wins the title off Seth Rollins. And then I hope you have a Kofi Kingston, Kevin Owens rematch. Lesnar cashes his briefcase in on Kofi. And Brock Lesnar is your new unified champion of the world so i can log into twitter and just have a great time <laughs> well looking at, at this show as a whole um there was as we've, we've alluded to there was quite um a lot of uh blaming the officials so maybe that could lead into a story um but in terms of the match quality and what you've enjoyed or not enjoyed during this um this show if you were going to give it an a to f grade like a high school grade what would you give the show overall? A. Okay. Okay. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna say I'd give it a D. Um, and... Jim, wait, hold on a sec here. <laughs> hold on a sec, Danny. An A, a B, a C, or a D. Listen, we're not in America. I don't know what school you well, are. I, I, I just think that it's um, at, when you're marking shows overall, you've got to you've got to take into account that there's. There's good matches and there's bad matches. There was one really good match on this, one good match, one two sorry two decent matches, and the, the rest are just awful. Yeah, and the great um, match might never have happened. There were no point in it happening because by the time it started, I was already pissed off. So well, yeah. th this is what I was gonna. This is what I was gonna allude to. Where does it leave? Uh, there's there's two guys here that I really really like in terms of. Kevin Owens, and in terms of AJ Styles. Kev, both in quite similar situations. Kevin Owens come back after an injury. Uh, first feud with Kofi, and he loses cleanly to Kofi. Um, AJ Styles coming over to a new brand, taking on the best of the best in his first feud on that new brand, and it's beat cleanly. Um, where does that leave them? It leaves them, WWE, what they'll do, yeah, you lose clean, give them a damn rematch. Do you know what I mean? That's how Vince, that's how Vince books. They lost clean, so what? 50-50 booking, I bet, a lot, well, I reckon we will see Kofi versus Kevin Owens on the next pay-per-view, possibly Seth, have AJ turn heel, we're bored of him being a babyface, and I was hoping he'd do it last night, have him tonight come out, turn heel, on Seth Rollins, we'll have it. AJ was better as a heel anyway. That first year in WWE, I loved it. It was great when he was kicking the shit out of Shane McMahon. Have him go heel on Seth, whatever. Um, I know I was joking about Lesnar winning the titles. What I think this has happened is Lesnar's got the money in the bank. We won't hear from Lesnar now for a while. Maybe SummerSlam, maybe around the time when um, Fox, SmackDown's going over to Fox in October. 
it's just a way of getting Lesnar possibly on SmackDown in October. So I think they'll just carry on with these meaningless feuds for a while. We'll probably have, look at last year, Danny, AJ Nakamura, AJ beat Nakamura clean or whatever. Yeah, at WrestleMania. We had that rematch on the next five or so pay-per-views. We'll be having, we'll be seeing these sort of feuds all summer, I think. Um, it doesn't matter, does it? It's WWE shite. Um, yeah. You see, I don't know. I mean, with AJ, you're right in what you're saying. Um, better as a heel. Now, I'm just thinking, the rumour is that, um, that Anderson and Gallows, are their deal's up. I think it's October or September. Why not give a run? as the club with AJ as the leader. Um, you know, you don't have to showcase them, but they will, as part of an act, make as part of a club act where AJ is the leader, they will make him a better heel because they're there to support him. They're there to do the ass kicking and he can go and finish the match in this in the style that we've become accustomed to. Don't think it'll happen um because they'll just be left to rot before they go to AEW or back to New Japan. Um, yeah. We'll probably no. get Seth against Baron Corbin, I reckon. I think I think they might go that route. I know people won't like it, but it's the June-July pay-per-views. Nobody really cares, do they? They'll just have a filler feud with them, I think. Well, I want to bring something up now. I think this show finished was about quarter to four. Yeah. Um, so the main show was Jive Watch, because unfortunately I missed the pre-show. So three hours and 45 minutes. I've just done a quick bit of adding up here, so maybe 10 minutes off one way or the other. Um, there was an hour 44 of wrestling. <laughs> Flipping heck. That is, un- that is why people... Say if you don't watch the pay-per-views live, Danny, you normally don't watch them live, do you? No, I watch them the next day. Yeah, so you probably like... If we condense this into an hour and 40 minutes, probably, oh, it was all right, pay-per-view. I don't know what people are complaining about. Well, I don't know what these two are complaining about. I think it's more when you just sat there for four hours. It's a long time. And, yeah, an hour and 44 minutes of wrestling. Wow. That's, that just sums it all up, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? I could probably go and watch two hours of the Super Juniors in that time. But, yeah. Are you staying up for the next pay-per-view? Yeah, it was. It was. Sorry, it was. I'm just uh, I'm camping up again. It was actually uh, one hour and fifty minutes. If I, if I'm rounding up, um, will I be staying up for the next pay per view? It's dependent on what I'm doing the next day. Um, I think you are doing. Am I? Yeah, I, I I'm on holiday in the Canaries, so I was hoping you'd do the recap show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being serious. Yeah. Try and get uh, it up well, Monday. <laughs> Yeah, brilliant. Um, you'll have to add this is it from the Canadians. Um, oh. But um, well, that is, that is really poor. If, if you're looking at a show that, that lasts for three hours and forty five minutes, um, and you've got a number of matches on the show, how many matches did we have in the end? Was it eleven or twelve? Eleven, 11 matches. Man, I know one of them was a um, you know a, a, a cash in. Um, but one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, so eleven matches, and as that eleven matches, you've got one hour and forty-four minutes of wrestling. Um, reminiscent of what TNA were doing under Hulk Hogan and Bischoff, where they were filling the shows up as segments and promos and what have you. It's just not for me. I tend to be the one out of the two of us which 
tries to look on the positive side and will put over counter-arguments um, to what WWE are doing. Um, I regret staying up for this. I wish I hadn't. Um, I wish I had the ability of being able to fast forward through things. This this didn't. This wasn't. I, I was very grateful to see um, a really good match in AJ and Rollins. And I think there's definitely something there when you watch a great match live. Um, I remember watching. I've been was lucky enough to see two of the three Kenny Okada matches live. And it was it, it. It feels better. I don't know why. Because you're getting that first reaction. You haven't seen any spoilers. You haven't seen anyone texting you to say, yeah. "Oh, you need to watch this match." There was something about watching it live. That was again. I really enjoyed AJ versus Rollins, but overall, I think this was a, this was a really really poor show. And a lot of people seem to have enjoyed it on Twitter. And if that's your thing, that's fine. I'm not here to call anyone style. It wasn't enjoyable for me. I don't think it was enjoyable for you. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. But my problem is, I think the more and more indies, the more and more New Japan I watch, the less and less I watch WWE. I just think, what what am I doing? I feel sorry for these people who blindly are WWE fans because they clearly don't give anything else a chance. They don't know what they're missing. Like that, a few that, years that, ago, that, that can be that can be true of the other way around. That people can see New Japan and other independents, including ROH, my my promotion, and they can't see anything good in WWE. And that's again that that's ignorant because WWE does a lot of things very very good. One thing that I'm really looking forward to is seeing the Becky Becky yeah. Lynch 24, but. I do. I'll let you carry on, but I understand that there is a lot from both ways, which just do not see the good in each other. Yeah, this, I don't know. I just expect too much. Like, I'm about three or four years ago when I was invested with WWE. I'd probably be one of these that is annoyed that Lesnar took Andrade's chance. He took Ali's moment. Do you know what I mean? I'd be like, oh, flipping out. Why can't they just go with the younger people? But now I'm just well. What are they going to do? Andrade might win money in the bank. He'll be back to doing nothing in six months. Does it really matter? No. So, with that, Danny, the best thing about this is we don't really need to talk in great detail about WWE for a while now. Um, There's not a lot coming up for WWE. Obviously, we'll be doing a review on the Saudi Arabia show, I would assume. Fuck's sake, I forgot about that. Saudi Mania. Saudi Mania. We will be there for that. But, beautifully, we have got... Have you seen the Rocky Romero-Will Ospreay match, Danny? No, I haven't seen it yet, and I've also been told of another fantastic main event, which I've been asked to watch, and I think you should watch as well. It's the main event of the Superpower All Japan um, show that happened this weekend. I will give you the details about that as I get them. Um, Before we go, I do want to say that we have missed something out here. It was announced at the pay-per-view that tonight, Monday night, um, there is going to be a new title that is going to be introduced on Raw by Mick Foley. Um, my first thought, I said straight away to you, is that it's a hardcore title. Um, any any feelings on that? Uh, 
Yeah, I think the hardcore title is, is a good idea because it will bring a different type of fans who might have a great... Is that a fucking plane going over your house? Yeah, yeah, they're always flying over. Um, Jesus Christ, that's I... loud. I thought I thought you were hanging on to it for, for a second there. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's what happens. It's a nightmare. Um, but that's what happens when you live near an airbase. But yeah... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it'll be if it's the hardcore title. Part the rumors are that WWE don't even know what it is yet. Um, <laughs> that's <laughs> honestly, that's some. The thing is, normally you'd hear that and you'd be like, oh, "That's bullshit," but it won't surprise me. They'll come up with something, won't they? Hopefully, it's the hardcore title. I'm not into that stuff myself, but it might, it might get a few more viewers. They're all out for getting viewers for the time being. But Danny, we have come to the end of the show. We will be back on. Friday as ever for the wrestling newspaper 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 weekly <laughs> where we will be previewing the big show this weekend double or nothing I will have my say on my opinions on pack which I wanted to get into today but we don't have time we will also be talking about the best of the super juniors but we will be giving you a double or nothing preview show for the big pay-per-view this Saturday Danny we are all excited for that in the meantime Danny yeah, just 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 as to say as well, um, we're looking for going to be looking forward to a show on Friday, um, Friday evening, um, which so is um, and how we, we what we're going to do Thursday, which is going to be uh, Fight Club Pro. If necessary, we may do a live vlog in the sorry, um, a live podcast in the car on the way home. Um, depending on whether Dan can keep his anger issues aside when he's driving. Um, but we'll sort something else. So we're going to see Fight Club Pro. It's the hangover part two. At this point as well, I just want to say thank you wholeheartedly to everyone that's listening. Um, we really, really appreciate it. We're genuinely, genuinely surprised and thankful for the amount of listeners that we have. And if you could subscribe, if you can give us a rating, a five-star rating, that would be Greatly appreciated. So we will see you next week, or hopefully Friday, Saturday, we'll get the show up. That's to be confirmed at the moment. I'm sure Dan will be able to put that up on the Twitter account. And you can follow Dan on his social media, which is... At WrestleNewsFM. And you can follow me at DannyWNFM. So thank you again very much for listening, and we will catch you next time. See you later, everyone.